Welcome to The Perfect Storm, a bi-weekly podcast for business executives and cybersecurity professionals. Industry veterans Michael Markulek and Matthew Webster chat with guests about the latest cyber news, threats, and trends, and how all of it impacts their businesses. Harbor Technology Group is a cybersecurity consulting firm that offers advisory services to the SMB. Harbor believes by taking a proactive rather than reactive approach to cybersecurity, business leaders can develop a cybersecurity program that will address external requirements, exceed client expectations, and ultimately take their organization to the next level. Harbor's innovative processes are based on industry standard frameworks that are tailored to meet the needs of small and medium-sized businesses. Good afternoon. I'm joined today with Craig Sandman from Symbol Security. Symbol's been a great partner of Harbor Technology Group for the past several years. Uh, Craig's the CEO and founder. Um, so, Craig, just uh, introduce uh, the company a little bit to us and, and tell us uh, tell us a little bit about what Symbol Security is doing and where you're headed. Great, Michael. Thanks for having me and, and Symbol. Um, so, Symbol Security is a three year old software as a service company, we're in the security awareness training business. I'm one of the co-founders and, and the president of the company. Um, Symbol provides awareness training. Uh, and we'll get into this a little bit, I think, as we're talking, Michael, but we, we have a little bit of a different spin on it um, in terms of how we train users to be safer from a cybersecurity spec perspective, and then how we work with the partner industry to really you know, make a true one plus one equals more than two scenario in terms of defending and uh, securing things from a cybersecurity perspective. Yeah, and, and you know, look, we can't you know open our computers or pick up a newspaper without reading about you know cybersecurity, whether it be ransomware, whether it be you know targeted attacks. Um, and you know, the, the the statistic that I use a lot comes from the Verizon uh, data breach report of a couple of years ago that you know ninety two percent of all cyber incidents start with a uh, human doing something wrong, whether it be, you know, clicking on a phishing attempt or, you know, entering your credentials. So awareness training has got to be cornerstone to most programs. Um, what, what are you seeing? What's, what's your, um, you know, your take on, you know, all the recent events and, you know, you know, is awareness training the, the cornerstone that I claim it to be to, to, to kind of help prevent these? Yeah. In terms of the recent events, um, I mean, let's face it, this is kind of, I don't want to say, you know, we all had doomsday predictions, but um, when you put the pieces together of what happens from, a, you know, from a corporate aspect, from a technology aspect, and then the fact that there is now money fueling this cyber crime industry, um, it's no surprise that we are where we are. And there's certainly nothing that's been put in place that will slow down this train. Um, and I'll just dig into that just a little bit more because, um, you know, back at a period of time, maybe it was the early 2000s, technology was um, emerging in the workforce, but it wasn't quite all the way there, right? You had uh, some people had phones, you know, but it wasn't a part of our work life. Most devices were corporate issued and, and locked down to some degree. Um, when we went away from that as a society and business, 
Um, and we started really allowing users and, and organizations to operate in this manner of, uh, of, of devices that were personal owned um, and really opening up things from a productivity perspective. We opened the doors to just a ton of risk. And I don't, I think that risk sort of bubbled in the background for a number of years. But once cyber criminals learned to fine tune their craft, and then we started pumping money into the system through, you know, through ransomware uh, and extortion, and that became profit. It became uh, almost a rinse and repeat model. So if, if I'm coming from a sales background, I say, hey, I know if I quote this proposal and I say this thing, I'm going to make a sale here. Well, I'm going to go do that every single time. Translate, if I'm a cyber criminal, I know the recipe, I'm going to keep doing it. And I think that's what we're seeing right now. So um, it's just, it's been amazing to me. And unfortunately, you know, I don't see an end to it immediately. But yes, awareness from a cybersecurity safety perspective, and you know this from, from Harbor Tech, you know, process and basic hygiene can do so much to curb what's happening in the market. Right. Let's, let's stay on the threat for just a second, if you will. You know, most folks understand ransomware, you know, the, the fact that, you know, it's targeting your computer and encrypting. Um, but, you know, as you and I have seen, it has become more sophisticated, right? It's targeting now, not just endpoints, it's targeting servers, it's moving, you know, both laterally and horizontally once it gets into a network. Um, are there any trends that you've seen around ransomware and, you know, malware being delivered via email um, recently? It's the same old story. Um, when we when we test and we train users, we're typically testing and training them for two scenarios. One is the uh, malware executable scenario, right? So that's uh, that's avoiding, you know, clicking on things that could launch an executable file. The other is credential theft, and credential theft comes from um, from redirection to a splash page or a login site that looks authentic. And as you enter credentials that ultimately don't get you to Amazon or Netflix or wherever we're pretending to go to um, through the training exercise, those credentials are then captured and used to gain access to systems with your username and your, um, your password. So those have been around forever. Um, and it's just the frequency of of how often they're happening now, I think is the, the big difference. And then probably more, more than that, the frequency at which those credential thefts or ransomware or malware implantations are actually being acted on by cyber criminals. Right. And, and it's funny, you know, I, I do some speaking as you know, on cybersecurity. And you know, one of the examples I like to give is the, the, the variant of ransomware that went around a couple of years ago, you know, targeting college students. And instead of, uh, you know, at the time paying, you know, a quarter of a Bitcoin or half a Bitcoin, whatever it was, um, you know, if you infected three of your friends, they, uh, they sent you the unlock key, right? So, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, the, the, the cyber criminals building little Ponzi schemes inside. Um, I, I think Symbol has done a great job of, you know, you know, looking at the direction of where training's going, right? You know, I, I say all the time that training is not, you know, PowerPoint and donuts once a year. So talk to me a little bit about kind of the frequency model that, that you have and, uh, you know, specifically around the, uh, 
you know, the short, uh, you know, uh, videos, uh, you know, web-based videos that, that you're using as part of the uh, program? Yeah, uh, it's to me and what we've learned just from both from an educational perspective and then, you know, from, a, a, I think from a, a customer uh, enjoyment perspective. So training's typically not something that, you know, employees of a company ever look forward to. Um, and learning's really difficult. And to break it down, you know, we almost think about things kind of like, uh, you know, a, a sports analogy or any learning analogy where you need frequency, what I call frequency of touches, and you need authenticity. And those two things have to happen or you're not going to really learn in a way that will prepare you for, you know, the, the game to continue the analogy. So what we've employed is very short and quick learning nuggets. Um, we don't really go too far and too deep into these topics. Um, we are trying to cover the concepts and in a repeatable fashion and then simulate those concepts in as much of a real world scenario as possible. So if you know I'm drawing up a play, you know, continue the sports analogy, I'm drawing up a play, I'm not just going to show it to you on the chalkboard, on the whiteboard. Now we're going to go out in the field and we're going to practice that play. And we're not just going to practice it at half speed. We're going to practice it at full speed. So the simulations that you get in your, in your inbox are very, very lifelike. And we actually had a client say to us the other day, you know, these are so much better than uh, provider XYZ. And I think that's why so many of our people got fooled. And it actually drove home something that I've said from day one at this company which is if you have, if you have a, uh, if you have a simulation that you train your users on and it's poorly done, the only thing you've taught them is how to avoid a very bad scam, right? If it's a good scam, their defenses are going to be down because they won't have seen anything like that before. So absolutely authenticity and frequency of touches. And the frequency of touches is really about the concept of learning. So you have to do things many times in frequency or else you lose them. If you do something once, you pick it up a year later, let's say golf, right? I golf, you know, in, <laughs> I golf in June. Um, and then I don't pick up a club again until the next June. I'm probably not going to be good, right. but uh, yeah, well, maybe that's a bad analogy because if you play every day, you might still not be good either. <laughs> but um but with the repeatability comes the learning. And, um, and that's certainly those two things, authenticity and frequency uh, are things that we focus on here. Right. And, and I think with your content, you know, it's engaging um, as well, which is, you know, people want to watch it, right? It's, you know, it's like waiting for, I wouldn't say it's the next episode of the Game of Thrones, but it's, you know, it's, it's not, uh, it's not drudgery. It's not, um, it's not boring. And because they're short little nuggets, you know, people actually enjoy watching them, um, which I think is is a lot different and goes to that, you know, stickiness, right? That, you know, that that learning while you're enjoying it uh, makes it so much better and so much, uh, uh, you know, stickier, um, if, if you would say. Um, I don't. I don't know what you're hearing from your uh, clients. Um, obviously, you know we're we're using your um, your your solutions as part of our packages. You know we're seeing the first time we we send out simulated fishing. You know, thirty to fifty percent. Um, 
you know, click-through rates on, you know, the well-designed um, simulated fishing. So is that about right? And then, you know, ultimately, where do we want to get people to, right? I mean, zero's probably the ultimate goal, but, you know, if we can get them low enough, you know, where is low enough? 30 to 50% is right in the average in terms of a first fish, particularly if it's unannounced. Um, and so we've seen more of our uh, community looking for that, what I'd call a baseline fishing simulation. And that means, you know, your users have not really been prepared that this might be coming. Um, and oftentimes it also, and I recommend this, it involves uh, what I would consider to be a, you know, a good um, and authentic fishing simulation. So one that speaks to the company in a way that uh, invokes familiarity. So for instance, um, you know, if, um, if I'm an organization and uh, we use Zoom, you know, in the, in the organization, you know, that might be a good spoof to do. Um, but if I'm an organization and, you know, we have one vendor that six of the 300 people in the company are familiar with, and the other 294 of them have no idea who this company is, sending a spoofed email from that vendor as a simulation may not be the appropriate way to measure susceptibility in the organization. So by going with something that is familiar to them, the only thing you've done is you've social engineered the exact same way an effective cyber criminal would. Right. Um, and so when you do that, you will get 30 to 50% simply because people are not assessing the email in the way that they should from a cyber safety perspective. And that be, then begins the learning, right? So a very good simulation will trigger that 30 to 50%. Those results are exposed to the company along with the dangers of, uh, of cyber criminals. And from there, immediately following, we are dropping in a very uh, prescriptive learning exercise to show users exactly what to look for as it pertains to that. When we progress, we expect populations to get down into the low single digit click range. And the only thing I would say to that is smaller organizations, obviously there's variability to that. So for instance, if I have 25 people, 50 people in a company, three people have a bad day, now my numbers are skewed for that particular. But over the course of a year, um, for most company sizes, this will average out and you want to be in those low single digits, one, two, three percent in terms of click rate. If you cannot get under 10 percent, um, we really at that point, we have some things to consider in terms of more remedial training for the users that are not succeeding. Um, and then from a company perspective, as, as uh, you at Harbor Tech will take on, there may be some things to consider in terms of access, in terms of authority, in terms of process based on, you know, those increased risks. Right. The, the other thing I wanted to touch on is uh, the regulatory environment. You know, we saw with uh, New York State uh, Department of Financial Service, you know, cybersecurity regulation 500, um, training being mandatory. Um, and, you know, we're seeing it with HIPAA, I think, you know, as, as PCI progresses, I think the next round is going to have some mandatory training component to it. Are, are you seeing the same trend? I mean, is it, you know, the regulations uh, starting to drive towards, you know, good cyber hygiene, good cyber training? 
Definitely. Um, there's so many today that actually have a requirement to show evidence of a security awareness training program. And I, I think for many companies, you know, they can check that box without doing a good job. If we're being totally honest, um, they could show a PowerPoint in January, call it a day. Um, and, and from an audit perspective, they'll be able to check a box. I mean, I'm actually just looking at a form on my desk here from, um, you know, from an insurance uh, cyber insurance perspective. And, and now they're starting to ask a couple levels deep into, you know, security awareness training. Like, does it make them aware of phishing? What types of training exercises are they doing? So now we're kind of getting there from a requirements perspective, but, you know, the way it's set up today, it's a single box check and there's really no rigor around how effective the awareness training is. Um, but if you look at compliance, and we've actually mapped our trainings to controls in compliance. Um, so you can tell from a controls perspective um, how likely your users are to violate certain compliances based on you know, their effectiveness in, in learning about things that might, be, um, that might be something that would put their compliance controls at risk. So part of security awareness training from a compliance perspective is yes, you have to show that you've done the basics, okay, fine. Um, but from a cybersecurity training perspective um, and, and phishing in particular, you know, that's only a piece of the puzzle. You can, you can really uh, jeopardize your organization's uh, compliance controls in a number of other different ways that maybe aren't covered uh, in the basics of uh, security awareness training. So yeah, we, I think they're tied very closely together. I would expect to see more prescriptive um, call outs in terms of awareness training so that it's less easy to check a box with poor training. Um, but uh, I definitely see a tie to the same behavioral concepts of how do I keep an organization compliant and how do I keep them cyber safe? Very similar in terms of behavior responsibility, you know, understanding risks, all of those things are contained in, in, in many of the same uh, trainings and exercises that we do. Right. And, and I think that's a great point. Even if we just look at the, you know, the NIST cybersecurity framework, you know, while, while there is ex an explicit call out a check for, for, you know, awareness training, you know, training uh, shows up in incident response. It shows up in disaster recovery. It shows up in, you know, um, you know, the, the management, um, you know, your risk management strategy. So it, it comes in, not just as a, you know, a check the box, but it really, if you're doing it well, you know, covers a lot of areas. Absolutely. So, so I, I wanted to, you know, ask you what's, uh, you know, what's the road ahead look like for uh, simple security? Where, where are you going? You know, what's the, uh, you know, not to, not to push you on any uh, developmental secrets here, but uh, you know, wh where's the company going and, and what's next? Yeah, no. And I'll, I'll share. Um, so to us, cybersecurity is all about risk reduction and we know our place in the world. Um, we are not a security company in the sense that we're not gonna stop intruders um, from a physical or logical perspective. Our game is about awareness and risk reduction. So based on data, how can you reduce risks in your organization? And there's a couple components to that. Some of these are people related, some of them are not. So today, for instance, uh, we're able to provide data to organizations that, that talks to them about 
uh, potential domain variants that might be manipulated to la either launch a phishing attack into their organization or provide a similarly um, orchestrated landing page that could capture credentials or sit as a, you know, as a uh, malicious um, imposter to their website. How do they know that? Well, we're, we're sending them alerts and triggers when MX records are added or domains are established that are similar in nature to them. So we're building out webhooks and APIs for, for data like that. We're also watching breach monitoring services to be able to tell, not only tell companies when their users have been found on the dark web in a breach, but we also create learning engagements out of that too, where users that have been found on the dark web, they'll get an alert and the alert doesn't just tell them, hey, this happened. They're driven back into their student portal to go and make indications of acknowledgement that they've changed username and passwords associated with those events. Uh, those things are available today with us. Uh, where we're headed in the future, uh, in addition to constantly listening to partners about improvements on how we can you know, improve engagement, how user experience and admin experience can be improved. Um, we are pushing into spaces of what I would call social and dark web listening. Um, so a lot of what companies are concerned about is, hey, um, how exposed am I and who's talking about me and what risk do I have? Um, everything that we do going forward will be about driving down risk through information and training. Um, and so very shortly, we'll be able to give organizations indications of, um, of mentions in places where they won't want to be mentioned. Um, and, and, and that will help them address, attack, and drive down risk. And that's where our partner community comes in. Um, so we're pushing in that space um, quite significantly. The other is, as you mentioned, compliance. Um, so we sit in a very good position to be, uh, to be in the middle of uh, security consultants' pursuits of training and compliance adherence. Um, we have a learning management system. We can push policies out and gain acceptance at a user level. Um, we can show evidence of things um, that have been accomplished. And through partnerships, uh, we will be able to um, help the security consulting landscape efficiently deliver both awareness training, but also to some semblance deliver policy uh, and in some cases, you know, begin to um, work that policy into the cyber awareness landscape. So, um, so that's a couple of places of where we're headed. And if you think about the function of a managed security service provider and the function of a virtual CISO and all of the things that they need to do where those are um, admin heavy and, um, and tied to risk reduction, you can expect us to try to make inroads to help those organizations deliver their services in a more effective manner. Perfect. Well, I'd like to thank you for being with us this afternoon. And as you know, at Harbor, we enjoy both the, uh, the business side of it as well as the, uh, the fun side. So, uh, you know, the name Harbor Technology Group comes from, um, you know, uh, Gig Harbor, Washington, where I spent some time and, and, you know, the harbor outside of Maine, where, where my business partner spent some time. If you would give us your uh, favorite beach location or harbor, um, you know, place to go that we can, uh, we can enjoy and you know, you know, what's to do there? You know, where can we go get a good beer? Where can we go get a good sandwich? 
Perfect. Um, so I've got a couple, if that's okay. Go. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I grew up in Massachusetts and in the South shore there, they have a couple of nice harbors. Um, the one closest to me was Situate Harbor and it's, it's a great spot. There's a couple, uh, a couple places to go, but I would recommend grabbing a beer at TK O'Malley's, uh, which I did, uh, quite frequently in, in my younger days. Um, I love Newport, um, in Rhode Island who doesn't, uh, I would have to say the best us beach i've been to um probably marco island and there's there's little parts of marco island where you know you can actually get out of civilization through the inlets there you might have to rent a little pontoon boat to get out there but you'll think you're in the caribbean and um since we're both in new jersey i would say my favorite spot in new jersey is long beach island and um if you're ever sitting at the shell is a hotel but has a little restaurant in the back with your feet in the sand you're having a cocktail maybe a bite to eat um there's probably nothing better so um so i i would highly recommend that especially for it's certainly people yeah long beach island you get to what the flamingo bar and beach haven where they got the uh the lawn chairs set up on on the uh on the sidewalk and you know nothing beats a nice cold beer um not the worst thing that close to the ocean well, again, thank you for your time. Um, again, you know, look forward to continuing working with you in the future. And, you know, we'll, uh, we'll chat soon. Great. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate the partnership and uh, good talking to you as always. Harbor's innovative processes are based on industry standard frameworks that are tailored to meet the needs of small and medium-sized businesses. We would also like to thank Tom Marshall for the original music. Yes, that Tom Marshall from Fish fame. Harbor's portfolio of services is designed to meet the cybersecurity needs of small and medium enterprises. We offer a range of services from cyber risk advisory to VCSO consulting to meet specific security requirements without putting a strain on your technology budget. If you like what you heard here, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends and colleagues. We release new podcasts every other week and are available on Spotify and Apple. You can reach us through our website if you have additional questions or suggest a great harbor we should mention on our next show. 